This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Time to talk with Aaron Torres from the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast and Aaron Torres Media Fox Sports Radio as well. Good morning, AP. You've seen the news about Michigan um, and even more news uh, just, uh, I think, a little while ago with the firing of the linebackers coach. Feels that they've done a little bit of a 180. I guess the question is, is this going to keep the NCAA off their tails in the offseason? And what's the future of Jim Harbaugh? It's been a crazy story. No, it's, it's funny. I mean, every day I think I go back and forth on how I feel about what it you know, listen, this is part of our job, right? I think that sometimes we in the media get criticized because, oh, well, you said this and now you're saying that. It's like, yeah, that's kind of part of our job is to, to we, you're, you guys are on every day. I'm basically on every day at this point. Um, and our job is to react to the news in real time. Okay. This isn't 1928 where we get to spend a, a month working on a story and then we print it in the newspaper. And so, you know, my opinion on this stuff changes every day where, uh, even when when the Big Ten accepted Michigan, uh, when Michigan accepted the Big Ten's punishment yesterday, I still thought it was largely a positive sign for Michigan, and, and I still think, as far as Harbaugh is concerned, I think if there's any silver lining, it's that the school has clearly had his back through all of this. Um, but you know, now listen, we it, it's pretty clear. It, I don't I don't think it's definitively clear, but it, it seems pretty obvious that uh, uh, another assistant coach knew about Connor Stallions. Right before we got on, I saw a report that Stallions, um, you know, Stallions, uh, uh, whatever, may have been funded by a booster. And so, you know, listen, it's playing out like every NCAA scandal ever. Uh, I think if you're a Michigan fan, I think you just have to, uh, you know, weather the storm for the next two weeks. I think, listen, I I think it really just comes down to – Survive, you know, survive. Basically, beat Ohio State because you beat Ohio State, you get Harbaugh back for this season. Everything you want is still very much in play, and then you worry about the off season and the off season. I, I think largely the school having his back may have helped keep Jim Harbaugh, but if more and more stuff just keeps coming out day after day after day, uh, you know, we all know the likelihood of him staying probably decreases exponentially. And yeah, that's one of the interesting things about what we, you know the news that's that we've been talking about for the past week. Because you get a couple of schools that fire their coaches, you know, from different angles here. You know, Arnett at Mississippi State. He's just, I don't think he was ready to be a head coach, and that's a tough place for a first-time head coach, too. Um, Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher couldn't replicate the success that he had at Florida State or even come close to it at A&M for uh, the most money that I think I've heard about for any kind of a buyout. Either one of those schools would love to have... You know, an opportunity to get out from a. Well, I guess for A and M, you know, if Fisher was caught with a sign stealing scandal, it'd be like, okay, you can be gone. And you get Michigan on the other side here, and it's like you're saying, they're backing him. You know, that he's that's one of the more successful coaches in the game, certainly over the last couple of years, he is, um, and they're doing what they can. I think also to try to keep him there, which. You know, they had to try to do that last year and the year before. It's an annual thing with him, and this is just another step farther. No, a thousand percent, and um, yeah, it, it is funny, but it, it is the oldest adage in college sports, but it is true. Um, you know, the same scandal, uh, if you're winning a national, you know, if you're winning at the highest level, we're going to do everything to defend you, and then if, if you're losing, we're going to go ahead and use that as an excuse to, to try and force you out of here. I mean, listen, my alma mater, University of Connecticut, you know, Kevin Ollie, the former basketball coach, um, you know, relatively minor NCAA investigation, uh, relatively minor NCAA rules violation that the school basically turned into major violations because they were trying to get out of him uh, you know, paying a huge buyout. So it is an interesting dynamic in Michigan, though. I mean, obviously, like you said, Phil, I think that we all think of them as having this great history, but they were on a you know, 10, 15-year uh, downward spiral before he got there. Maybe not, 10, maybe not 15 years, probably closer to 10 years. Um, and obviously, with the Big Ten changing, with college football changing, it's hard to assume that you can just replicate the, the, the you can continue the success if somebody else were to come in and take over. So I give, I guess you would say I give the administration credit. I think the current president understands the importance that Jim Harbaugh has to that university and kind of the ecosystem of everything that they do. Um, but again, if more and more stuff keeps coming out, then all of a sudden, you know, does Harbaugh want to stay? Will he stay? All that kind of. 
Aaron, I, I was kind of looking around at some coaches that are having a little bit of success, and just you know, you got Coach Brom there at Louisville, you got Heupel at Tennessee, uh, you got Leopold at Kansas. Could you see one of those guys being being on the move, uh, taking a job? In, in, I mean, Heupel would be a going in, staying in the SEC, but the other two guys, uh, you know, if you can win, you get Kansas football to back to back postseason games. I, th- I think you can probably coach anywhere. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, no, he's the one. I mean, you know, I, I, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, he was linked to Michigan State about three weeks ago. And he did an interview where he's like, this is the only place I want to be, blah, 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 this and that. Um, and I think it's easy to say that when it's Michigan State. And respectfully, I don't know how many crossover Razorback Spartan fans we have listening to the show, but like Michigan State in the new Big Ten is probably going to be like the eighth, ninth, tenth best team in that conference when you factor in. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Oregon, Washington, you know, depending on how you feel about the state of USC, UCLA, et cetera. So the point I'm trying to make is it's easy to say I'm not going anywhere when it's Michigan State. When it's Texas A&M with everything that they have, uh, and, you know, they could obviously offer a significant amount of money, that completely changes the dynamic. So the one thing I will say about A&M, and I heard this very early on in the process, you know, last, I guess it would have been Sunday morning, was I, I, I when I first saw the news, I assumed you don't fire Jimbo unless you're pretty sure you know who's going to say yes. And I've actually been told since then it's the exact opposite. We're going into this with open eyes. We want to consider a wide range of candidates. It's not We're not firing Jimbo to definitively bring in one person. Um, and so I think because of that, it's going to make for an interesting coaching search. Now, obviously, in a perfect world, A&M wants that coaching search basically figured out in the next 10 days so that they can make an announcement right after their regular season ends. Um, but because of that, I just think it sets up for a fascinating coaching search. And Lance Leipold from, from Kansas, I, I would say, I know A&M is a little bit different, um, but I would also say, uh, you know, that's not the kind of guy that you want at A&M because he's won everywhere, he's had success everywhere, he knows how to build programs. Uh, it, to me, that's not the kind of guy that you want if you're uh, an opposing team against A&M, or, or you're an opposing team that has to face A&M. I think they're going to go after Mike Elko. Um, I agree. And, uh, and I think that would be a good hire for him, too. It might be a good move for him as well. You're talking about Mike Elko to well, a like if you can have yeah. some, some success at Duke, maybe it's a little bit different than Kansas. He's, he's a smart – he's, yeah, he, he's a, I think he's a quarterback-friendly coach. He's a smart coach. Uh, he's a young he's, – he's trying to prove. I think that would be – yeah, I can see that. AT, let's get into some basketball here for a little bit. Now, he told me a little news yesterday, Matt. We won't have him on for a couple of weeks because next Friday – uh, in a week, it's the it's the Arkansas Missouri. We mm-hmm. we won't have our ESPN Arkansas shows. We'll be airing the football game. So between now and the next time that we have Aaron on, he will have experienced the electricity of Bud Walton Arena for the very first time. Oh, he's in his going life. to you're going to the Arkansas Duke game. Not only that, at tell him what you got planned. Okay, so I'll give you the whole story. So first of all, I am so fired up. Uh, I will be there, Duke game. You know, whatever. Two Wednesdays from now. Okay, so. Long story short, Phil, I'll just be honest. So, and that obviously. Uh, so, UConn plays at Kansas Friday, December 1st. And so, I have, uh, you know, largely wanted to go to that game and kind of had it circled on my calendar as a maybe uh, basically since July. And there's, you know, for people who don't know, I'm a UConn alum. There's alumni events, and there's some NIL stuff going on, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I've never been to Fog Allen, thought it would be a great thing. And so as the summer progressed into the fall and you start to get tip times and ESPN's going to be there and Jay Bill's going to be there and all that stuff, you know, Arkansas fans, I'm so appreciative of how they've really embraced me. They kept saying, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. And this isn't new. I mean, this has been since the day Musk got the job. But you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. And I looked at the schedule and it said, you know, November 29th. And I said, whoa, whoa wait a second now. Uh, November 29th is, you know, two days before the Kansas game that I already plan on being in that general region of the country for. Pulled out Google Maps. I saw that, you know, Kansas City is about an hour from Lawrence, but it's about, what, three, three and a half, four from Fayetteville. That's right. Um, and, you know, I'm, yeah. And so, long story short, um, you know, got the blessing of my wife to, to be gone for kind of a week after Thanksgiving here. And so I will be in town, Fayetteville, uh, for that Duke game. And then, you know, I... I I don't really know what's going on besides that game. You know, I'm, I'm obviously hopeful to, to experience Fayetteville. If anyone has any suggestions, you know my Twitter handle, at Aaron underscore Torres. But so fired up. I know you will be traveling with the women's team, Phil, but so fired up to get down there. And it's going to be a really cool double dip. 
uh, as somebody who not only covers college basketball but loves the sport, I haven't been to Bud Walton, I haven't been to Fog Allen, and to do it over a three-day, four-day period, whatever it ends up being, I'm so grateful for that the schedule, the scheduling gods aligned uh, the way that they did. These, you, man, sounds like a fantasy camp. That, yeah, that's, that's, that really yeah. is. Matt, I, you I'm want a road jealous. trip? What do you got going on hey, Friday, Matt? What do you got going hey, on? Hey, I'm, I'm, I might be at the at the Duke uh, game as well, man. That, the club would be jumping, jumping, as Beyonce would say, man. That atmosphere Ooh. in Bud Walton, it, it's going to be insane. On a night like that, it's, uh, man, I mean, I, I want to say it's second to none. UConn, Kansas at Fog Allen. Oh my uh, goodness! I right? think we got. I think we have a tie here. Hunter Dickinson is he? Is he the self-proclaimed best college basketball player this year? <laughs> self-proclaimed is the key word. Yeah, no, he's he's certainly not lacking for confidence. I think he went for twenty-seven and twenty-one against Kentucky the other night. Mm. Now Kentucky has three seven-footers that are either injured or suspended, uh, but two of them are freshmen, and one of them's kind of a little used sophomore. So even if they had played, I think he still would have gone for like 24 and 19 instead of 27 and 21. Uh, but no, it should be a great game. UConn's look good. They actually got some bad injury news today. One of their, their star freshmen is just going to be out for a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm hoping it's ever, I know, I know the atmospheres will be everything I expect. I'll say this. I'm hoping the games are too. I will say I, Duke was my preseason pick to win the national championship. They look a lot more beatable to me than I expected. They obviously lost to Arizona last week. Um, they, you know, they struggled with Michigan State for a big part of that game. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it could be a good night to be a hog two Wednesdays from now. Yeah, yeah. We got Arkansas Greensboro tonight, so we'll get our eyes on them. Yes. And looking forward to. Uh, hey, I'll send. We'll send you some uh, some ideas, some advice. Okay. Please tweet at me, Aaron underscore Torres. Uh, also, obviously, I'm thrilled. I'll be doing it. You know, I'll be doing our. Are hit two weeks from now from from Lawrence, but I'm thrilled to recap it uh, two weeks from now. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive-thru or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Kurt Signetti's going to get all the questions. Mike Elko's going to get all the questions. Lance Leopold will get all the questions. Um, I don't know about Jeff Brom though, because I, I think as a Louisville guy, I think he's going to stay there. To me, that it seems like um, I think for him, it's like a destination job. You know, I'd be looking at Josh Heupel. I mean, uh, he's he's a quarterback. He he play, he played at the at OU. He knows how to throw it around the park. Uh, he, he's got Tennessee winning a little bit. Uh, if I was a young kid. You know, if I was a sophomore, if I was a junior in high school, and and Josh Heupel's on the phone talking to you, building that, like you would want to go. I think he's a he's a quarterback guy that that you would want to go play for him because you, he would be able to help you get to the next level. Sure. Yeah, so if I'm at, if I'm a and M or I don't know that he'd go to Mississippi State, but mm-hmm. would you say Tennessee's pretty on par? I mean, Tennessee, what what would you say they're equal to a And M or no. a And M's bigger? Better Not job. as far as money's concerned. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're looking at money and resources, and really, I think when you use the word resources. We're really talking about money because um, that is the number one resource when we it get comes Tennessee to college next football. Year. We get Texas, Tennessee, and Oklahoma State. That's good, man. Hey, we don't go to Alabama or Georgia. Okay. Right? For, for Makes it an yeah. easy year, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess there is, really is no such thing. Jeff Trailer's going to get all the questions too, Matt. Um, and what this does, you know, and, and wh- so why do coaches get fired before the season's over? It's, it's because of early signing period. I don't know if this whole – uh, over the last few years, firings that occur in October or November that have nothing to do with uh, rule-breaking or law-breaking or embarrassing university um, outside of losing games, which I guess can be embarrassing enough, uh, none of that has to do much with anything other than you got to put on the best face for recruits who are making their big decision next month. And that's what that's about. So what that also does is is it opens up. It's unfair I mean, I say it's unfair. It's the way of the world. This is this is just what it is for all of these coaches that I just mentioned to get these questions and have to give the same answer over and over and over again. Because sooner or later, one of them is 
it's like Aaron just said. I mean, you're so you as a media member, you're supposed to have an opinion, which means eventually that opinion's going to get thrown back in your face. As a head coach of a football team, what are you going to say with two games left and you're undefeated? Uh, like Signetti is at, at James Madison, and they're not going to have any postseason games, and he's trying to focus on winning the last two games, and he's going to get the questions about, well, what about the offseason, you know, this job, that job. What do you hear from them? I'm worried about my team. I'm coaching my team I haven't had any right contact. Now. I'm committed to my team, exactly. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think in a lot of cases we could just save the breath and the air by not even asking those questions at that time. So, you know, and this also goes to what happened this past weekend on Sunday with these uh, false reports of Sam Pittman being fired that day or the next day, uh, coming from people that call themselves insiders who are basically the, 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 the farthest inside they are is inside their own head. They're not reporting truth, and they kind of know that too. Uh, so what does that leave behind in a wake? It leaves behind the belief, and whether you believe it or not, whether Sam Pittman's the head coach or not, he is right now, and and he's got recruits that have committed to the program that now see, well, the coach is going to be fired. So they've got to play damage control at the same time that they're trying. There's somebody asked about this yesterday. You know, I hope they're calling the recruits. I think they spent Sunday calling the recruits, letting them know this is not true. Sam Pittman is still the head coach. This coaching staff is still together for right now. I mean, we know there's going to be eventual changes in the off season, but they had to play. They had to play damage control, you know. And and I mean, so now there's yesterday there were there were report not reports but crystal balls, which are you know like uh, some of these guys really are very. Like Nick good Saban with, usually holds up at the end of the college football. I season. think they've changed the. I think they've changed the. Um, They've changed the trophy. It doesn't look. Oh, like that anymore. okay. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair the enough. trophy won't shatter into a million pieces if you drop it. Um, but Charleston Collins, who's a, a defensive line commit for Arkansas, there were a couple of quote unquote crystal balls from the two four seven Sports Service uh, that said he's going to flip to Ole Miss. And then yesterday, Collins tweets himself, "No, I'm still going to be a Razorback." So I mean, so where does this information come from? He says, "I'm sh- not sure who you talked to, but it wasn't me. I'm committed to Arkansas." You know, so here's another kid. He's got to face the same thing that some of these coaches do. Um, uh, while they're worried about the team that they're coaching, this kid obviously is. I don't know what the situation is with the high school team he plays for, but in a month, he's supposed to put pen to paper, send it to Arkansas, and be a Razorback. But now he's got these experts. The experts being Steve Wiltfong and David Johnson of 247 Sports. And I'm not throwing their name out there to, to, to call them out because they're good at what they do. Like Wiltfong, according to his page on the, on the 247 Sports website, says that his crystal balls are about 92% correct. So he's good at what he does. I hope that this Charleston Collins is part of the 8% of being incorrect. And that's what he told him. But if he if he does flip now you got the now you got here it is he said I'm going to be a Razorback and now you're not it's, I never know what to believe this time of the year now when it comes to you know who's going to play for you in the future who's going to coach for you in the future yeah I'm I'm very interested to see who's going to be Arkansas's next OC uh, if they're going to look out in the Pac-12 you you got Oregon State Washington uh, Oregon you I mean you got a lot of Pac-12 putting up offense. Uh, a name that I that I look at for Mississippi State could be Gus Malzahn. Uh, he, he's somebody who's already proven to be a winner in the SEC. Uh, if he wanted to come back to the SEC and be Mississippi State's head coach, I, I don't know what what's a better. You know, he's at UCF where he's probably most of the time going to have the better talent, the better team in his division in his conference. You go to Mississippi State, it's 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 like real work there to to try to win eight nine games. Yeah, well, they're the only Florida school in the Big Twelve, right? I don't. I'm trying to like rack my brain of which school. I can't tell. I can't remember now. what division they're in. I yeah, think they're the only the Big, Big 12. Twelve school that's in Florida. So yeah, you do have that base, I guess. I mean, but I don't think. I mean, does UCF really get the same kind of player? That uh, that Florida should be getting. I Florida think they State get some gets. skill players Probably. because if you're a skill guy, I'd want to play for Malzahn. Now, now your your offensive lineman, I, I don't know what they have there, and you, and you probably want to go to a, to a bigger, bigger, bigger place, uh, play in the SEC, go against SEC linemen, go to the Big Ten uh, that way. But if you're a skill guy in Florida, I think a lot of kids still want to stay close to home. You know, I, I know in this new age and. 
you can get, get internet, you can gather anything, you can be anywhere in the in the country you want to be. But I, I think st- still kids want to stay an hour or two two hours from home. Man, I tell you, speaking of two hours from home, Collins, this kid I'm talking about, he's from Mills High School in Little Rock, mm-hmm. two and a half hours, yeah, from from Razorback Stadium. In case you're Lena Del Rey, we're gonna <laughs> put a Rogers near Little Rock. We're gonna put a bullet train in. Then it's uh, then it's uh, then it's uh, Dallas near Little Rock, right? It'll be, uh, it might be in uh, seventy-two years, but there'll be a bullet train from from Rogers you to Little Rock. To we won't be here to that, yes. That thing will be flying, my yeah. man. The, 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 just the fact that those rumors got out, still, even if they're not true, that that presents, I think, an image to incoming recruits, kids who haven't signed yet but have committed to Arkansas, that that there's something going on, whether they're or not. Look, and I'm not on the inside of this, and I don't know what the boosters are talking about necessarily and the board of trustees that met yesterday and and and, and talked about finances and things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and the other aspect, too, is, you know, you can't, ha- you can't have a stream of decommitments. Uh, it will be really difficult to replace any of them. Um, uh, right now, it's kind of too late. And then, you know, you're, you're, so they're, they're still recruiting the kids that they've committed. Some of them are going on official visits to other, other schools this weekend. And, you know, amongst the players that if, if the coaching staff is still around that they want to keep, you know, they're still recruiting them. Think about how often the coaches talk about, well, you're recruiting your team every year. You're recruiting, re-recruiting every player every year. <clears throat> All the, any of that work that they might have put in over the last 10 months of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, keep these players where they are. Now it changes again. It, it totally changes again. I know there's probably a lot of people that, that that listen and say, "Well, some of the guys on the team, you can let them go somewhere else, and everything's just fine with that." Because hey, team hasn't had the best season. It, but it's a heck of a lot of re-recruiting going on right now for a team that's you know got to figure out how to win two games really. Yeah, you know, you know, you want some stability when when you're choosing a school. Uh, I, I would say most of these schools, though, they're a year away from your coach being on the hot seat. You know, you have a bad year; that's just the nature of the beast in in, in the SEC uh, and, and in Arkansas. It's 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 certainly that way. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, sports fans! Don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Nate, yeah, I don't know if you heard us bringing up the Carissa Thompson uh, situation where she admitted about, uh, is it really like making up sideline reports or it's just making up quotes is what it came down to. And <clears throat> yeah. I, I imagine you were always able to get the coach that you needed to get on the sidelines at, Har- at Arkansas high school games. Well, there were times that I didn't, but I would never make anything up. What I would do is I would, you know, sometimes there wouldn't be a lot to say, but you, by I would try to pick up on something. Hey, how they look coming out of the dressing room? Was there, were they chipper? Um, you know, was there anything I noticed? And sometimes I would be able to talk to the coach, but it wouldn't be, you know, live. I'd just say, hey, what do you think about the second half? And they'd give me, I remember one time, you know, J.R. Eldridge, they were losing to, uh, he was at Arkadelphia and they were getting beat pretty badly by Benton. And he, he didn't want to talk. Uh, and so I just said, you know, coach is really focused. Uh, you know, on the the warmups down here, he's leading the calisthenics, and he doesn't seem happy. So that was accurate. Um, he wasn't he, he wasn't really rude to me, but he was very intense and uh, didn't want to talk. Um, and I described that. So yeah, I you you cannot make anything up. I mean, you you can't do that. I think there's. I mean, that was a high school, 
and setting, there was always something to mention. If you're in a Division One college on national TV, there has got to be something that you can talk about that isn't fabricated. I mean, the, the, the fans, the, you know, the guys coming out of the tunnel, I mean, something. Um, I, I think she kind of misspoke there. I don't think she, uh, hopefully she didn't mean that she made up things the coaches said. I mean, I haven't been able to sit down and read the, the report, but yeah, you, you are in situations and I'm sure in a national situation like that where you can't always talk to them. And so you can either off the record, you know, get a comment from the coach. You know, in a high school setting, many times I wouldn't have the benefit of the coach. You know, a lot of times I did, but I mean, I had to improvise. Just what you're saying, you know, if you're if you are a talented reporter, uh, an entertainer, I mean, there's there's something that you can take. I mean, if I was on the sideline of a major Division One college or NFL. I certainly would have been able to find something to talk about that wouldn't be fabricated. I mean, I don't, you, you can never fabricate. I mean, if you said something, reported something that the coach said and they didn't say it, also, I think it's okay if you overhear them saying something that isn't, you know, like they're talking to the quarterback and giving them some praise, or even you, know, you could report that. Like, hey, you, he took about five minutes or something and pulled the quarterback aside. Um, you know, like maybe the guy didn't have the greatest first half and he's talking to him or something like that. And you can kind of speculate what, you know, he might have been saying to him as far as, you know, getting geared up for the second half. But there are many things that you can do. I, I don't want to throw her under the bus and I haven't read everything that, that she's apparently said. But I think some of it is she misspoke and may, hopefully she didn't really mean that she fabricated quotes, but, um, Made, I don't know. Yeah, when you well, say you made up something, Nate, we're in Hot Springs uh, uh, today. What's is Hot Spring Lakeside got a? They got a big game today. Yeah, they play. They play at Pine Bluff, and you know, Garen Rockwell is the, so. Garen Rockwell was a longtime coach. They call him Coach Rock. He was uh, a coordinator there, uh, and they elevated him. Really didn't know what to expect from them. You know, it's a team that has some highs and lows with Jerry McBride, but um, he really has orchestrated. I mean, if, if you are, you know, we will do this too, a coach of the year. If you're doing that award, you've got to have him on your list. And I'm talking about not just in 5A, but the entire state. You know, he's, he's one of the, he has orchestrated one of the biggest surprise seasons. And, you know, you, you kind of get to a point now where you're like, why not Lakeside? I mean, they you you know nobody thought they were going to do anything the whole year, and they've they've only lost two ball games. They lost a close one to Malvern early in the year. Malvern's a good four A team, and he lost to Little Rock Parkview. Won a playoff game last week. Pine Bluff's very talented. I mean, more talented than them, deeper. But that's why we play the games. And uh, it, you know they they've got a really good quarterback in here, Miso that can throw the ball, and then got a couple good receivers. Kyler Wolf had a huge game last week, so they have got some weapons. Um, you're kind of playing with house money when you're a team that nobody's picking. I mean, nobody's picking them to win. Uh, Pine Bluff's a team that a lot of people think to win the state championship could possibly beat Park. I don't think they can beat them. They could maybe give them a run, but they're super athletic with Courtney Crutchfield, uh, who recently decommitted from Arkansas, and Austin Denley, who is... Uh, a Division One recruit as well, and a, a good quarterback in Landon Hope. What's your feeling on the Charlie Collins kid from uh, <clears throat> from Mills? Yesterday was an interesting day as far as you get recruiting services. They're going crystal ball on him to to Ole Miss, and he comes out and and you know basically has to reaffirm his commitment publicly on social media. And here it is. I mean, you still have a few weeks before the early signing period. What do you think's going on there? I don't have a crystal ball, and I wouldn't try to the crystal ball do any things. That's really kind of not my bag. But well, my it's, that's not what I'm asking. It's just, it's just. I mean, this is a this. It's, it's even even the the rumblings of a kid from Little Rock that's gonna that that what that was being recruited by Arkansas and is committed yeah. to Arkansas. We already saw what happened with Crutchfield. You know, this is it's I just you know it, it's a steady stream, is what it feels like, Nate. What, say it again. 
It it almost feels like a steady stream. Like you, you got to stick your finger in the dike, but then there's another there's another break in the dam. Yeah. Well, this, this is my gut feeling. I those those guys are tight. You know, I I wrote a story. I don't know if you read that early in the year about how they committed together. How they grew up in Pine Bluff together. I don't see one going without the other. You know, as of right now, as far as we know, and I know, you know, Charlie's committed to Arkansas, and I guess you know I hadn't seen that yesterday, but. Um, I feel like this was a statement by Crutchfield. He, he, he made the tweet right before the kickoff of the Florida game. I think it was, a, you know, some sort of statement, and I'm not really sure what it was. But I think he's going to come back around. And 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 no, I'm not trying to read anything in, or no offense to Courtney, but I, I just think he's going to come back around to Arkansas. That he and okay. he and Charlie go there. Uh, sit down and talk about things and what might happen and see what happens with the coaching situation. Uh, certainly if, you know, if does, something does happen with the head coach, that probably every recruit in the state and elsewhere is going to maybe reevaluate their commitment. It's just natural when a change happens because you don't know who's coming in and whatever. If he sticks around, I think some of those guys will stay and commit. And I could see Courtney's you know, if, if uh, Charlie stayed in Arkansas, then he would recommit and sign with, with the Hawks. I just, I don't see them going in separate schools. Uh, I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, i got to get your thoughts on the 7A playoff games here. Southside and Fayetteville, a rematch. Fayetteville beat them in a, what looked like a pretty good game the first time around. Cabot and Bentonville is another interesting one. What do you think of these? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly hit those if we're up, up against the time here. You know, with with uh, Fayetteville, their defense is not tremendous. It's, it's not bad, but their offense, when you're grading out the, the units, they, they get an A++. You know, and on, on defense, maybe, you know, a C plus, B minus, or something like that. They make some stops. They, make, they, they turn the ball over or, you know, commit forced turnovers, rather. So they're opportunistic, but you can put some points on the board on them at times. Southside did that. Amari Tucker, Isaac Gregory, boy, they ran rough shot over Jonesboro last week. That was a bit of a mild upset. They come into this game feeling like they can score on Fayetteville, and they've got to try to contain Drake Lindsey, uh, and that is a difficult thing because he's only thrown two interceptions over 40 touchdowns. He doesn't make mistakes, so it's difficult. Their defense has been a little porous. They're going to try to win a shootout. And they, you know, they were successful last time scoring the ball. So they're, they're hoping they can do that again, score a major upset. They feel good after playing, you know, at Jonesboro and having a good game. On the flip side, up in, you know, up in Benton County, Bentonville, this is my upset special this week. I think Cabot goes there and wins. Their defense is good. Uh, their offense is getting better. They had uh, Bryant 21-17. They were down late in the fourth quarter. Bryant gets a fourth down stop and scores on a 90-yard touchdown run, then gets the ball back again and scores again. So that makes the score look a little bit uh, not lopsided, but they had command. Uh, Bryant didn't have command of that game until the final three or four minutes. So keeping that in mind, Cavett's playing good at the right time, and, and they've gone to Bentonville and won before. I, just, I think their defense is good enough to give uh, Carter Nice some problems. He's a quarterback that was electric two weeks ago coming off an injury. He completed like 14 of his first 15 passes, first one for a 46-yard completion. So he is playing good after that injury, but I, that's that's my upset tonight is uh, Cabot going up there and then Cabot playing Bryant next week and giving the Hornets a run for their money after you know doing that a couple weeks ago. But did you get a bite of some jalapeno in that sauce? That was so good. I'm gonna eat all. I'm. I'm I mean, that's uh, that might be my favorite thing. That uh, that's amazing. Well, Joey, soon in about what about ten minutes or so, we're gonna have him on with us, and he's gonna tell. He's gonna finally that's answer the question. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. I asked the. I Take asked that the, out to deer camp with you, duck camp, wherever you're going. You know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it'll last you the rest of the day. Yeah. Just be careful if you get that one little piece of jalapeno in the deer sausage that might hit the hit the back of the throat just the wrong way, right? You can't have it while you're out in the stand and actually hunting. That's right. you got to leave it at the at Well, the you camp. don't want to scare away the deer. That's right. And and next, maybe don't eat that on the air either, right? Fair, fair <laughs> enough. You know, 
Fair enough. Rookie, uh, rookie mistake. It's great food at, at Clampett's Country Kitchen, uh, where we've been today, Highway 7 North and Hot Springs. People coming in and out, and they've uh, paid the 25 bucks to be able to have all-you-can-eat ribs and pulled pork, brisket, baked beans, jalapeno deer sausage, and uh, everything else that goes with it. Uh, you can put in orders. I mean, they got all kinds of... Uh, of uh, of uh, meat packages, uh, holiday baskets. They've got baskets that they've got for us here that they can fill with all sorts of hot sauces and barbecue sauces and jerkies and popcorn and other coffee. Well, now they're talking to me with the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the number here is 501-204-5030. It's 501-204-5030. Uh, I also, now, <clears throat> it is an early golden hour because I usually do the alumni hall trivia question during the golden hour. So let's just say it's a golden hour and a half today. How about that? It's a soccer game. We're, we'll go Euro style on them. We're, we're on the road. It's vacation rules, uh, freestyle Friday, however you want to look at it. Sounds good. Yeah. You want to stop at the pub afterwards? Uh, i got to head up to jail. Yeah, i got bro. things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got, I've got a $10 gift card off your purchase of $40 to Alumni Hall in Fayetteville, $25 gift card to CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers, either their locations, Fayetteville or Russellville. And, uh, hey, less than a month from now, we're going to be doing our our, uh, big, um, our big grand prize, which is a $500 gift card to Alumni Hall in Fayetteville. Does anybody still do a shopping spree giveaway, or is it all gift cards now? It's kind of the same thing. Remember shopping sprees? There used to be like game shows. Supermarket sweep. Shopping spree at Toys R Us or Kmart or Hills Department Stores or whatever. And they do basically it Basically, the... just throw everything you can in a cart and then run out of the store. As fast as you can without tipping over. They're still doing that now. I just think they call it stealing. They do it. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. They Yeah, they do it on the Gordon Ramsay show. Um, all right. So this uh, we're going to do this over, over the text line, the McClarty Daniel text line, 877-377-6963. And you've got to guess the right answer to the following question. So Arkansas plays Florida International tomorrow in football. FIU's Division I football history dates back to 2004. It has not been a history literally. The Owls? They are the Golden Panthers. Uh, what, what the Flo- Florida Atlantic is the Owls. Okay. All and right, and right, we, right. we get FIU and FAU confused. Yes. FAU, okay. You know, I will never forget. I did basketball games at FIU. when They were in the Sun Belt with UALR, so we'd go out there. And that's when Isaiah Thomas was the head coach oh my of FIU basketball. And, I mean, that was the slipperiest floor I've ever seen on earth. They had It was no air conditioning in the, in the gym, and it really was a cage. And in Miami, no air conditioning. How do you do this? And, of course, Isaiah didn't even walk onto the court until just before tip-off. He was not out there for warm-ups. It was an interesting situation. Uh, all right, FIU D1 football history dates back to 2004. Now, I think the Florida Atlantic, the first head coach, was uh, Howard Schnellenberger. Remember? Nebraska, yeah, old, old Miami, Miami yeah. won national championships at Miami. Um, FIU is 81 and 152 as a Division One football program, including an eight and twenty-five record under a coach who played the fourth most games in Miami Dolphins history. Who is that man? OJ eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. Brought to you by Alumni Hall in Fayetteville. That's where you show your hog pride. Alumni Hall is the ultimate shopping experience with the best and largest selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, all the gifts and accessories and tailgating needs. And if you're an Arkansas student, a member of the faculty, or a member of our military, you get 10% off in-store. Hall Pass Rewards gets you cash back. And alumnihall.com, you can also purchase anything right there or go to Alumni Hall's location on North College Avenue. Again, the question is, this is uh, FIU has uh, an 8-25 record under a previous coach who played the fourth most games in Miami Dolphins history. And we do have the correct answer that has come in from Hacker in Harrison. It's not Zach Taylor? It is not Zach Taylor. It is not Brian Greasy. I mean, Zach Thomas. Sorry, Zach Thomas, Jason Jason Taylor. It is not Brian Greasy. It is not Mac, Mike McIntyre. The correct answer is Don Strock. Don Strock was the first ever football coach at Florida International for Division One. He went 3-7. and seven, Five and six, and then went zero oh and twelve. Oh, and they hired yeah. Mario Cristobal. Uh, Strock had a really interesting NFL career. 
because he was a permanent backup pretty much for his entire career. And even, I think, in the late 70s, he backed up Greasy. He backed up David Woodley. He backed up Dan Marino. And, and He's he like pl- the modern-day uh, Chase Daniels. He played in 163 Miami Dolphins games, mostly as a holder but also as a quarterback quite often, too. He started just 20 games in his career, and I even went back and looked. Like He has the fourth most games in NFL history where he was a backup quarterback and actually played but didn't start the game. You know, there's uh, guys like, um, oh, why am I forgetting the name of, the, of uh, Blanda? George Blanda was yeah, one of them. Yeah. Tom Tupa was another. Of course, he was a punter and like a third-string quarterback. For the Patriots. And yeah. he, played, he played plenty of quarterback, too. But Don Strock was like a career backup. Who, and I read this story. Don Shula used to use him, as he called it, a relief quarterback, like a relief pitcher. And even went into the terms of he's like our closer. He has saved this many games. He has this many wins because we've come from behind with him at quarterback. He wouldn't start the game. Was he an athlete? He he was he was more of a of a pocket passer. Yeah, is what yeah. he was known as. He played at Virginia Tech, and and like for a guy who who played in 167 games for an NFL career, he had a 16 and six quarterback record. Nice. And he's got a, and he's got he didn't yeah. he didn't get a ring with the Dolphins because his career started the season after their undefeated year. But he does have you know he did play uh, I don't I guess he did play in the Super Bowl um, when they when the Dolphins lost to the Niners. But that's a really, I mean, that's, it was, a, that's a cool career. I went down a rabbit hole with him last night, and uh, I just got out of it a moment ago. So Hacker and Harrison is the winner. Don Strock played the fourth most games in Miami Dolphins history and then went 8-25 and 25 as a head coach for Florida International, and he did not take another job as a head coach before or after. Lane, Lane Kiffin was a head coach at FAU? That is correct. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, Butch Davis was a head coach at Florida International. Mario Cristobal. Ron Turner, and currently Mike McIntyre, who is the last Colorado coach to have 10 wins in a season. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Stewart working at Bet Sarah's in Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. You already have it on your Apple iPhone. You already got it on your Google Android. You've used it on all the web browsers, BetSarazin.com. When you want to put a little action on your favorite sporting event, Bet Sarazin is the place. Got to be inside the state of Arkansas to do it. Good afternoon, Stuart. How are you doing today? Hello there. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm all right. I'm all right. So I'm reading reports about there's an investigation in the Bengals about injury reporting with Joe Burrow because it was interesting. I mean, they, they, they tweeted or put on their social media uh, before the game yesterday, or it was Wednesday, of Burrow getting off the airplane, and he had what looked like a brace on his wrist, on his throwing hand. And then they quickly delete all the posts, and Burrow goes out, and there is something wrong with the wrist. And and I just wonder, like, if if Burrow was on the injury report, and I saw that Baltimore was favored by four and a half before the game. 
How do you think that would have affected the betting line if Burrow was on the injury report at all? Well, it probably would have shaded a little more toward the Ravens. Um, uh, quarterback can be worth uh, as many as six points, depending on the, their importance to the team, and um, particularly since it was a road game and it was an injury they obviously aware of. I saw the photos with the brace on his hand as well, and uh, I think that uh, the NFL's policy is that if there's any possibility something's wrong, you put them on the list, and and then if they are able to play, they play, but uh, they still need to be put on a questionable list or something. And and what's causing the question the questionable yeah, status? When, when when something like that happens, you know, and there's a photo that that gets deleted, and it just seems obvious that there's something wrong with the quarterback. Did that affect how betters, uh, you know, what their action was from that moment? Did you notice any change in where the money went? I didn't. We actually. Um we actually took uh, more money on the uh, Bengals last night than we did on the Ravens, which is unusual for a primetime game. Uh, usually it's the the home favorite to get the money in. Last night they were on the Bengals. I guess they were on a four-game four, four game winning streak, so it makes some sense. But, um, I mean, it certainly probably would have shaded the lineup closer to six, six-and-a-half from the uh, four or four-and-a-half. It was at three-and-a-half most of the day and went to about four four and a half uh, just before game time last night but I'm guessing it probably would have been a couple points higher not that it would have made a, a, a difference in the final because there was 14 points uh, win spread so uh, it wouldn't have made a major thing but it may have influenced which side people took how, how have betters handled um, Arkansas FIU for the week uh, minus 29 and a half I just wonder if there was, you know, I mean, it's obvious a big, it's a big line. It, uh, people might want to, might stay away from something like that. But also after the Auburn game, um, you know, some people I think in their minds have moved on from football season. And, and I just wonder if the, if the, um, if the action has been affected as well by the loss to Auburn. It has. We're seeing a little less interest. And, um, that's probably attributed to both things, the size of the line and, uh, and the fact that, uh, they're, Arkansas is probably, uh, I think they're not even eligible at this point. So, And they have a pretty good basketball team over there at the school. So, um, and they've been playing really well. So I think that uh, a lot of the interest has switched over to the, to the basketball team. Now, this isn't a, do we live in a world where, the, where, the, where there'd be more action on the basketball game tonight than there would be on football tomorrow? You'd be surprised. Um since it's a uh, kickoff, uh, basketball is trailing right behind football in, in volume. So well, we have a lot of people in the state that are interested in both college basketball and uh, the NBA, and uh, we get a ton of activity on it. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I, next week will be the same thing. I mean, do, is there an uptick in, in, in action the week of Thanksgiving? Because you get all these basketball tournaments. You get, uh, you know, football games that are occurring in the middle of the week. You get people that are hanging out together that don't usually spend too much time together sometimes at these holidays. Um, is Thanksgiving one of the bigger weeks for sports betting? It really is. And there's, there's so much going on. We've got... Uh uh, the NBA uh, in full full action. We've got the uh, some really really good basketball tournaments. Uh, in fact, on Wednesday, Arkansas is in the battle for Atlanta, so that kicks off on Wednesday, and Arkansas is actually the favorite to win that uh, tournament at this point. Um, still two and a half to one, but uh, you're getting two plus two fifty on that. But uh, um, that uh, there's some awful good teams in in these tournaments. Uh, I think the the uh, Maui Invitational is probably as good a field as I've ever seen, and uh, Battle for Atlantis is not far behind. Well, there's certainly going to be a lot of these things happening here. Um, no upsets as far as did you guys have action on uh, on Major League Baseball postseason awards, MVP, Cy Young awards? Really, no surprises as far as those are concerned. Did people were people interested in those, or did they kind of move past baseball once the World Series ended? Yeah, baseball kind of dropped off once the World Series ended, but um, we we've had those those lines up all year, so we did have some some um, we did have some interest and activity on it, and people had it. Uh, a lot of people still had their bets open from during the regular season and during the postseason. So um, 
there's there's always strong interest in baseball. It's um, it's uh, it's probably not America's pastime anymore. That would have to be football, but it's still it's still a very interesting or a sport where a lot of people are very interested in it. How have sports betters handled Michigan football um, for Betsarazin specifically? Is there, um, you know, the, has this sign stealing scandal affected how how betters view them one way or the, or another? They really haven't. Uh, when you have a, a sports better, they're trying to figure out who's going to win by how much, and and I don't think that that has a whole lot of influence on the thing. I think most people assume everybody does it, and they just got caught. <laughs> I think that's pretty much the way everybody views it. <clears throat> Seems to be. Um, are, are, were there any other? Now I remember we're talking. We started here talking about Burrow and 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 the. The, the injury that apparently the Bengals were trying to hide. Um, I think there was LSU is, is, is one of the only schools that is doing an NFL-style injury report. And, and Coach Kelly even said he was doing it to try to keep some of the pressure off of his players as far as gambling was concerned. Not that they're going to put money on it, but people are coming to them asking, is this guy playing, is that guy playing? And, and he wanted to make the information public. Do you think that there will be, could there be, uh, conference rules uh, about doing NFL-style injury reports at some point because of the influx and popularity of legal sports betting now? I really think that's probably the trend for the future. Um, of course, the NFL has embraced um, embraced the wagering community a little bit more than the NCAA has at this point. But um, um, let's face it, the, the big conferences know that the the sports betters are part of the driving force on their popularity and their ratings and the, the money they receive. And I think uh, ultimately it'll become a, a common practice for all the major schools, at least, to um, to do weekly disclosures on what's happening and what they're expecting. And that makes your job a little bit. I mean, is easier the right idea? But I mean, it gives you it gives you more information to go off of when you're when you are setting the line, and then the betters are taking it from there. No, absolutely, and and that information is also available to the the betters out there. And I I strongly believe that the more information the, the average better has, the the better the better decisions they'll be able to make, and and that's good for everybody. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.